Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today we have our friend Ashley Rogers here with us from Kentucky, and she is going to talk about um, the events that she's helping with for the Kentucky um, Association of Agricultural Educators. So Ashley, why don't you start out with introducing yourself, kind of, you know, where you teach, what your program looks like. So my name is Ashley Rogers and I have been teaching, I'm going into my sixth year and I teach at a very small high school with one of my best friends on the planet. His name is Cameron Earlywine. Um, we're, I always am like, we're mermaid man and barnacle boy. He's definitely mermaid man. I'm definitely barnacle boy. And um, we had, we started together. We've kind of built this program together. We have probably anywhere from 70 to 80 kids in a graduating class so we're very small and we actually have probably one-third of the school in our classrooms and so that is that's really cool for us and um, I teach a little bit of horticulture and animal science and he teaches more of food science and freshmen and we both teach eighth grade so we we love middle school some people are like I don't know about middle school we love it we're like give us all middle schoolers because they're just they're really fun that's Brianna she's about to start to teach middle school kids and I'm like give me all the middle schoolers and so she's unsure right oh. now they're the best they are they are so uh, I love the visual I have of you and your teaching partner now as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. So I expect Halloween photos of the two of you dressed we, up. Like <laughs> we've done some pretty crazy things. Um, I think that that might be uh, one of our next adventures. America Day at during homecoming week. He ended up in a onesie. I ended up in a mullet. You know, those things you can't ever take back. So... <laughs> No, you can't. And I know some of your friends. And so there's probably some evidence of these things. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned that you're in a small school. Uh, for some of you listening, that is small. For me, it's not. That's still pretty big. Um, but pretty cool that you have that many kids from the entire school coming uh, through your program. So, uh, did you mention how many years you've been teaching? Mm -hmm. uh, I've been teaching. I'm going into my sixth year. Okay. Awesome. Six years, expert already in her field. Uh, introduce, so you got this fun idea uh, for this Rising Sun run. So, introduce this idea and kind of explain like how you guys came up with it. So, um, I'm not a very good runner. I try to be, and I always tell my kids, like, it's a great stress reliever. And they're like, why, Miss Rogers? And I'm like, because, guys, I can't do anything else but focus on breathing in those moments so I don't die. And that's all I can think about. And um, I was recently elected as our scholarship chair last year, and I really didn't know what that looked like. And all of a sudden, we're in a pandemic. And I'm like, great, I'm going to plan to raise money for scholarships in a pandemic. And there is a 5K that I run every year that's near and dear to my heart. And um, my niece was born with a congenital heart defect. And there is a race for all of the warriors. It's what they call them. And um, I, I run that. And this year it went virtual. And I was like, you know, 
might be something that I could do is, is do a virtual race for um, ag teachers because we do love to get outside. Some of us do run. Some of us probably want to run, but we've never really had a reason to. And so this has kind of been one of those ways to bring all of that together to the table. And um, it, it just kind of happened. I ended up on a whim calling a company and they were like, yeah, let's meet via Zoom. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it just worked out from there. I, I think it's fabulous too. Uh, Brianna and I are participating and we'll talk about that later, but how you guys kind of opened it up and said, you can run it, you can walk it. Like we just, you know, do your 5k or your hundred miles, however you want. And it's for a good cause. And that's, that's pretty cool. Thank you. And, you know, I think about that as long as you're out and you're moving and you're like, Hey, I will pay this money to be a part of this. You know, I always say most people do just about anything for a t-shirt. I've seen some people at some concerts do some crazy dances or um, some people do some crazy stunts just to get a t-shirt. And so um, I probably should have done more than just a t-shirt and medals for the finishers, but you know, uh, hindsight's 2020 on that. But um, they, everybody's like, I love a t-shirt, sign me up. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure it's definitely something you can learn from, too, and in the future, maybe you add something else or, you know, constantly improve it. Um, so what did kind of some of the planning and the preparation for the event look like? Well, um, I actually worked with a company called Let's Do This, and there are two really big companies that I recommend anybody work with, and that's Run, Sign Up, or Let's Do This. And at the time, I did not realize that Let's Do This was based out of the United Kingdom, and so I ended up getting a phone call from a man and he, he wanted to Zoom with me. He's, he lives in Austin, Texas. He's originally from the UK. And um, that really meant a lot to me that he was going to meet with me face to face. It wasn't like I had to do this all on my own. And basically, I sent them the information that I wanted. I determined the prices for the event. I contacted a t-shirt company on my own. They don't do that, but they can give you some great recommendations. Um, and from there, once I gave them all my information, they set up a website for me. They process all of the payments. They do take a commission, but that's it. And from there, all I had to do was share the link and they create an Excel document with everybody's address, t-shirt size, um, what they signed up for. And that is through a, a Google sheet. So it just, you know, it updates each time. And so that was really fabulous when I think about prepping for this event, it was vir virtually like nothing other than I needed to contact somebody to make t-shirts, talk to the company, and then contact somebody to make medals. And that was really kind of the gist of it. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny that it was virtually no work and it's also virtual. Um, yeah. <laughs> pun for the day. And I suppose for you guys, the, the biggest thing was just advertising and getting the word out there. So how, how did you guys accomplish that? Well, I think everybody is on social media trying to keep up with everybody, especially during times where we can't be together. And so we just really utilize social media. Our um, ag ed consultant and our executive secretary for our association, they'll send out emails 
they sent out a teacher-wide email and people were just starting to tag some of their friends who run and they were like oh I, I know you're a runner I know you're a biker why don't you jump in on this it's for a great cause and so it really was just by word of mouth and social media I used poster my wall to make some flyers that you know we could put around on social media but where it was vir virtually we really didn't um, have to get out and do any groundwork as far as handing out flyers or um, going and, and knocking on doors to say, hey, do you want to sign up for this? So that, that was kind of the neat part about it, too. So you said they take a commission, but is there, I mean, other than that, are there any setup or startup costs for you to host this? There is not. They just, they kind of bank on that you're going to have people sign up, that you are um, going to try to get people. I think they take uh, maybe a 20% commission, but when you do your second event with them, they will knock it down to 10%. And so that's kind of a really nice thing. It's like, okay, we're going to do this event now, but the next time that we go to do this, maybe in the spring or in the summer, next year we're going to have those commission rates lower and i think the lowest they go is 10 percent. but i mean really for them to do all of the work me to just spread the word i'm okay with giving them that 20. i'm like okay <laughs> um go ahead and take it because in the grand scheme of things you know we get a really large chunk of that money so that's that's kind of nice well and i think you know you talk about the virtual race like right now because a lot of other races are canceled but I think it's even something that you can continue in the future, even when we are hopefully back to normal. Um, because then like Nikki and I obviously are not in Kentucky and we're still going to want to participate in it in the future. So that's another way to still make it kind of like a, you know, a nationwide thing um, by having a, a virtual option or a virtual race, I guess. Um, I guess talking about like the success of the program, how many people did you have sign up for it? I think with the, we really kind of started advertising it more harshly, probably in those last two weeks. We didn't end up with um, nearly 70 runners. So for the first time, that's an amazing accomplishment. I think my goal personally was to get 100. Uh, we unfortunately didn't meet that goal, but I think it's something that we can look at in the future. And, you know, that lets me know that there are 70 people out there, nearly 70 people that are getting out, getting active, and they want to support the future of agriculture. And I just think that that's so phenomenal. So what does the money go to uh, that these 70 people um, paid for? So each year, our association gives out a Johnny Mathias scholarship. And so with that, the recipients have to be a senior and they have to be majoring in agriculture. It does not matter what type of agriculture, but some type of agriculture. And we also give out scholarships for student teachers who are going into the student um, teaching experience and they don't have um, classroom money. And so this gives them money that they can use for rent you know, if they have to move, uh, if they need to buy lab supplies, maybe they don't have any clothes for welding. And so, you know, those things aren't cheap. And especially being a college student, you know, I, I can't tell you how many nights I probably lived off of 
uh, ramen noodles and orange juice is probably the worst combo <laughs> ever, but that's what I had. And so, you know, we're able to provide student teachers with that money so they don't feel overwhelmed when they go into the classroom. So we give out a total of $8,000, $6,000 going to um, seniors, and then $2,000, which is $500 scholarships from to each university um, that we have in Kentucky that offers agriculture education. I think that's really awesome you guys do that. Um, I think about, I, you know, a student taught not that long ago because I'm going into my fourth year of teaching, but um, you basically have a full-time job that you're paying for still. So obviously you still have all the same expenses and when you're student teaching, you most of the time don't have time for a, another job, maybe on the weekends, but even then you're exhausted because it's, you know, your student teaching is exhausting. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome that you guys are able to provide at least some support to them and, and help out with some of those costs. So with those around 70 people signed up for this, what kind of profit have you made, you know, with them signing up for it? Well, I haven't actually done the full math yet um, because we still have to take the cut out of it for our t-shirt. So I'm kind of waiting on that total. And um, from there, you also have to factor in, you know, how many people sign up for the 5K. So that was a little cheaper than doing the 100 mile challenge. But I am hoping to make anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000 for those scholarships, potentially uh, before, well, after everything comes out. What did you guys normally do in the past to raise money for, for the scholarship fund? In the past, we've only done a silent auction that we have at our teachers conference. Our teachers conference is pretty phenomenal. I've, it's probably one of my favorite events. And so when it was canceled, um, I might've cried, maybe, maybe not. Um, Every but, ag teacher listening is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we have this auction and it ends up, we have university wars where if you graduated from a certain university, they'll pitch in so much money and another university will pitch in so much money and they buy an item and that goes up for live auction. And so the live auction usually gets pretty exciting. All these ag teachers, we've had breakfast and and we're sitting around just kind of waiting and, and you know, you just start seeing these ag teachers jump up and they're like, yeah, yeah. And so it's just, it's a really great time. And, and so we weren't able to have that. I did something virtually and we have that going on right now. Super easy to make Google sites, lifesaver coming in clutch. And um, that's kind of been the way that we've raised around six to $8,000 every year. Well, and, and hopefully next year you can still do the traditional things, but now you have this virtual event that, like you said, uh, took a little bit to set up, but now if you do another one, it's going to be even easier because you know exactly what to do. You have your t-shirt company, your award company, all of that lined up. And with so many schools not getting to come back face to face, or maybe they're in a hybrid setting, uh, even even for us in North Dakota right now, we we do get to come back face to face, but some fundraisers might not be an option anymore. So I guess what are how can a program, an FFA program or any program, do something similar to this? 
I think the biggest thing that you have to think about is what suits the need of your community and your program. What are people going to pay money for? Where is that money going? You know, if you live in a community where maybe you don't have a lot of active runners, but you have a lot of people who love to cook, contact somebody that you know that is a really funny person, have them do a cooking show. You know, we have a legendary ag teacher in Kentucky. His name is Orville Bennett. He just retired from 40 years of teaching. And um, I'm going to hopefully reach out to him in the next few weeks to do something like that for our ag teachers and charge, uh, you know, an admission fee to your Zoom to get the link and, um, you know, release an ingredient list a week prior. You know, find what suits your community and assess that and then start doing some research. The internet is a wonderful thing sometimes. You know, use Google and see what companies are out there for your event that you have in mind because I guarantee something is already in place and you don't have to recreate the wheel on that. So that's kind of been the nice thing about this virtual 5K. Do you think there's ways that that chapters can modify like the same concept of having like a virtual run to fit maybe their chapter fundraising needs? Absolutely. If you have um, an area that has a lot of trail riders, whether that be on side by sides, whether that be on horseback, do something like that. You know, people are always excited to get outside and do something that they love. And so, you know, we have an off-road park near here where I live. And so it would be really easy to call that off-road park and say, hey, can I run a ride through your off-road park and I'll give you so much commission, but you just allow me to um, operate this run. And, and I'm sure they would love it just because it's for kids. And the same way with uh, trail rides with horses, if you've got a ranch in your area, if you, um, have like a national forest that allows that, definitely call a park ranger, call somebody. Um, we've got a lot of time, it seems like, at home on our phones. You might as well uh, pick up the phone and, and give somebody a call. And, and that's what really works is just getting out and doing the groundwork for that, calling people, getting to know people and, and figuring out what you can. And what were the prices that you set for your event? You had a 5K and then the 100 mile challenge. And what were your costs for those two? I think that I set 35 for the 5K and 45 for the 100 mile challenge. All right, and you mentioned the t-shirts and the medals. So how are you choosing to give those away during your event? So the biggest thing with that is, um, I found this company out of Illinois. They are called Varsity. If anybody is out there listening, please use them. They are so great. They do t-shirts from anywhere from five to eight dollars and they're really good quality. They will ship uh, to your house if you order from their store. I coordinated another fundraiser uh, like that with them where it was I support Kentucky agricultural education and people anybody could buy. And um, with the 5k I've collected everybody's addresses so when those t-shirts get here I'm going to just package them up get some tissue paper, wrap them up all cute and neat. And um, I'm probably going to write thank you cards to everybody. You know, thank you for supporting. Stick that in there. Everybody loves a good thank you note. And um, the medals, I'll probably do some type of live or pre-recorded session to make that like really fun, whether that's like with confetti poppers or um, something like a fake finish line and handing those out virtually and say, hey, you know, you're going to receive those in the mail. And 
uh, see if I can distribute those that way. Have you done all of this stuff yourself or do you have like a committee set up? How does that all work? Uh, we do have a committee and so this committee uh, helps plan all of these events and so when I talk about um, advertisement you know in our committee meetings we're like hey make sure that you're sharing this on your social media if you feel comfortable you know some people are like social media is mine it is not my workspace it is mine alone and you're like okay I respect that um, and then there's some people that are like I love combining my work and personal life because that's really my life. And so they're, you know, they'll share it that way. So um, I've had a really great committee stand behind me with these events. I ended up one of my really good teaching friends. She didn't have a committee. And I said, hey, come to my committee meetings. And now she's kind of been my right hand gal ever since. And um, she actually finally got to sign up for my committee this year in her region. So um, that's been kind of nice. So if you were going to do this again, I mean, you already kind of mentioned some things that you would maybe think about changing. What would be some of those improvements you would make? So some of those improvements, I'm one of those people, and I know every ag teacher is after every lesson, we're like, next time I want to do this, this, and this. And if you're anything like me, you have a notes in your phone that's like for every event that you've ever done. And it's like stuff that you can do better next time and you're typing as you go. And so for me, a lot of this would be, um, I would probably start advertising this months in advance. Definitely do some months in advance advertisement. Then I probably would offer some type of race number. I know that we don't need them. I know it probably is silly, but just having a race number is kind of cool. You know, people sign up for that and I'm probably doing medallions for everybody. You know, sometimes the t-shirt's just not enough, but also you kind of think, what are they working for? You know, some people like Daniel Bustle, he's out running, I don't know how many different 5Ks trying to get his best time. And so that's kind of the, the nice thing about the virtual event. You can keep challenging yourself until it's what you want it to be. And so I think that improving, I probably should put that out there and communicate that with people like, hey, you don't have to run the 5K one time. Do it until you get your best time. And um, that's kind of the beauty of, of the event, I think, itself. So those are kind of some things that I would improve. And, and again, anybody who's out there planning one of these, definitely think about what suits your community and, you know, think about plan B. Always have plan B. I'm just, you know, kind of out of curiosity. How did you pick, like, obviously 5K is pretty popular. A lot of people run 5Ks. How did you pick to do the 100-mile option? It's rather than like, you know, a 10K or a half marathon or whatever. Honestly, I, I don't know. It just, I really, my goal was to do something like run across Kentucky and have um, the event, like all of the miles in so many days you've ran across the state of Kentucky virtually. But that's a very long way. And that's a very long way for many states. So um, I was talking with the guy that actually met with me through Let's Do This, and he kind of helped me get that idea was, he was like, why don't you kind of go a little bit smaller and do 100 miles in 30 days? And so I, I really liked that, and I didn't know if it would be popular, but it ended up being our most popular option. I think every ag teacher is always like, go big or go home. And <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> where it's at with this 100 mile challenge. 
And, you know, I've had people who have signed up, they didn't want to use the website, but they're just running on their own. And, and, you know, they're making Facebook posts about, you know, it's a reflective experience. So definitely recommend those longer journeys uh, with the longer days. People really like those. And for everybody listening, um, so they're running this from August 1st to September 1st, correct? And they can still sign up, correct? So yes. this podcast, we're recording this on the 13th, but this will be, a, you know, we're going to drop this episode on the 17th. You still have time to get that 5K in or to challenge yourself to get as many miles in as you can if you wanted to do that 100-mile challenge until September 1st. So if you're interested and you wish you would have signed up, um, there's still time to help Ashley get her 100-people uh, goal. Um, so we encourage that. If you go on the website, and we'll put that the link in the show notes, the t-shirt is awesome. Uh, it, it says Rising Sun Run. Uh, and on the back, if you do the 5K, it says 5K. And then on the back of the 100-mile run, it says In It For The Long Run. 100 mile club so super cool um and you said that the medals are you're doing it for the finishers correct um for the top three in each category so whoever has the best time in both categories uh will receive a medal so i'll only end up giving six away some 5ks if you've never done one before um they'll do it by age group so if you are you know 18 to 24 they'll do a medal for that one. If you are 25 to 30 something, they'll, they'll give you a medal for that one. So there's a lot of different ways that you can reward those individuals based on age. And that way, you know, some small children can sign up. I, I know that we have an ag teacher here in Kentucky and she takes her kids with her all the time on every run. And, and it's something they get to do together. And so that's been really, really cool to see her journey on Facebook for that. So it's crazy how we even got involved in this I had just finished a 5k in Medora North Dakota and so Brianna and I have been trying to get more active and we're very competitive but we saw this on Facebook from some Kentucky friends and I had just gotten home and I think we literally for like five days straight had talked about how you know we really need to motivate ourselves to get more active and then we saw this online and our friends at the Owl Tales podcast were posted about it. And I was like, Brianna, let's call them out. And she's like, you think they'd do it? We had almost signed up for the 100 mile challenge the day before, but we're like, are we really gonna be able to do 100 miles? Like, let's just do the 5K. Well, then we took to Facebook and we challenged them in front of everybody on Facebook. So they really couldn't say no. And we're currently participating. It's two against one, or two against three, excuse me, which has posed some problems for Brianna and I. But we're not, we're only 11 miles behind right now as we wow. record this, this episode. It's nuts. My husband will be like, why are you walking? It's like almost midnight. And I'm just like, I gotta, like, I gotta get more <laughs> miles in. <laughs> so, yeah, so Daniel Bustle, Lewis Mink, and Matt Whitaker with the Owl Tales podcast. We are currently in the battle of the podcasts in this run, this 100-mile challenge, and we're counting everything. Keep in mind, we're counting steps, walking, running. We're counting it all, my friends. 
we need everything we can get. But we're keeping track. And we learned, though, in the website. So we were always creeping on how, you know, how the others are doing, right? Well, you guys once, are at Eastern time. So right. we, we always had an extra hour. So like from 11 to midnight, we'd be like, let's get as many miles as we can because one you guys night, are an hour ahead. One <laughs> night we were out there. It was like the first day. We were out there at 11 o'clock at night. We both ran two miles. We have oh. now since we have now since slowed down a tad, partially because school is starting back up and things are forcing us to sit down. But um, the website, once you get a hundred miles, won't show you any more miles. I mean, you can obviously still submit them, but so now we have a Facebook group <laughs> of all of us doing this, and we submit our pictures so every day we know how many miles each other has done so we can see where we're at. And the trash talking that's happening online amongst <laughs> our two podcasts has been hilarious. Uh, one, like day one, I woke up at six. And I was so proud of myself. Here, it, no, yeah, it was six. So it was seven o'clock in Kentucky. And Matt and Lewis and Daniel were on Facebook Live. And they're like, who's up? Yeah. <laughs> so they I text Brianna, I'm like, get your butt out of bed and get walking. <laughs> they are some of the most competitive people that I have ever met in my life. And so when Matt Whitaker, and you have to know Matt Whitaker, he's like pretty serious most of the time, but like very sneaky funny. I, I don't really know how to describe it. And so when he commented, I think there was a comment that was like, they have just challenged the most competitive competitive people on this earth or something like that. And in that moment, I called my co-teacher and I said, I don't think Matt Whitaker has ever said anything more true because I student taught with Daniel Bessel. And for one, he can't sit still. Like there is like, I don't know, he needs a bouncy ball at his desk or something because he cannot sit still. And so I just knew, I was like, this is about to be really hardcore because I had seen that you had posted, you had just, you had just done a 5k and I was like, oh boy, I was glad because it was awesome. But I'm also like, they're, they're just not going to have any legs left after this because <laughs> I mean, it's y'all will be running all the time. Well, uh, it is the 13th of August and I believe all of us have now hit our hundred miles already. Wow. Or, and if not, Lewis might be close behind. Like he's, he's right there. So it, I mean, they're not joking that they're competitive and we're competitive. And so it's been so fun and the trash talking that's been happening in our Facebook group. And it's just, it's been a blast. We're hoping at the end of the month to record a podcast just about like with both of us both groups together which that would stay awesome. tuned because that would be funny um but it's anybody's game right now and it's crazy because one minute we could like we were initially 20 some miles behind and we've already caught back up um but with our lives getting you know so busy it's it's really anybody's game also lewis has you know <laughs> his gout that was what he was worried about was his gout but he's a champ like, I don't, he must be medicating a lot because he's just powering through. 
he is really tough, I will tell you. Um, but he's also very vocal about his gout. But he did, I do have to say, he's a pretty tough guy. He almost broke my wrist once. Um, I, it was an accident, I think. He was trying to act like it was from a movie. You think. You think. I, I think. I don't know. I don't know, what he, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, with Lewis Mink, you don't know. Like, all of a sudden, you'd be talking to him, and he just screams out of nowhere. And we were um, coordinating this event to ride into the advisor student softball game, and he, we had real police handcuffs. The police were escorting us in like we were prisoners. You know, we had redone the uh, purge announcement that the ag teachers now could do all this stuff for 24 hours. And he, he said, I really want to see if this works like in the movies when they hit you on the wrist with the cuffs and it swings around. And well, he did, he hit me, but it just, it didn't swing around. It was just like hitting me with this very heavy pair of metal handcuffs. I dropped to my knees. Like I thought it was broken. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. <laughs> I couldn't speak. But uh, in that sense, he's a very tough guy. But uh, when it comes to his gout, I think he's a, <laughs> he's powering through. He is. Um, and his his meme game on Facebook's pretty strong too. That's it just is. that's how he's been trash talking is just through memes. So that's been pretty funny. But yeah, if you want to hear the full story of Ashley's wrist being broken, almost broken, on maybe accident, we don't know. That's an episode on their podcast, so you can <laughs> you can go listen. But yeah, so any last words for people who are thinking about doing an event like this? Um, I think just be open to try new things. The worst thing that could happen is that it doesn't go as planned. And I think with ag teachers and the way the world is right now, nothing goes as planned. So, you know, why not take that chance now and potentially make some really awesome money for your kids for the school year? Because I know that regardless whether we're in person or virtually, we can still do things for our kids, whether it's sending them packages with their chapter t-shirts in them and, and other keychains or something like that. But just take the chance to raise the money, try something new, I promise. It's really easy and super simple and everybody seems to have a really good time with it. And challenge some of your students, maybe this is their service learning project and the, you can choose where that money goes. Maybe it doesn't go to your chapter and you choose a great charity locally. Uh, maybe it, the money goes to buy your school masks so they can all come back to school uh, safe um, for the school year. So really, possibilities are endless. Uh, Ashley, thank you for being here with us today to share the love about your event. If you're listening, you can still sign up. Uh, remember, your money goes to a great cause, helping those student teachers as they enter ag education and high school seniors as well. Make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram.